What's up, guys? Welcome back to Everything But Hockey. I'm your host, Andrea Helfrich, and I just have to start by saying I'm so happy you guys are enjoying the show. I love reading your reviews. I get your DMs on Instagram, and it's really nice to see because when you set out to start a podcast, or anything new for that matter, you've got all these hopes and dreams for what it's going to be. And one of those goals was highlighting people that you might see a lot, but you don't know a lot about if that makes sense. They're the people that are the fabric of the city that make Philly so special, influential people with stories we can learn from and hopefully just better your day. And I'm so happy to say that you guys, this episode checks all the boxes. Today we're hanging out with Alex Holly. She's the co-anchor of Fox 29's Good Day Morning Show. And most of you probably spend a lot of time with her in the mornings already. She has done a story or 20 about Gritty. And at the end of 2020, Philly Mag named her one of the most influential Philadelphians. So if you love Love hanging out with her in the mornings, you are an aspiring news anchor, or you just need some positive energy in your life, you're in for a treat. Oh, and for some perspective, we've recorded this episode right around 12 noon, so like 12.15, and at this point, Alex had already worked a full eight-hour day. So let's do it. So let me figure out how to move this up. <laughs> no, you're sorry. good. I'm literally just getting home. I'm so sorry. Don't be sorry. I can't even imagine like how you do the, your schedule. You can't even see my earrings. That's so crazy. Okay. As long as I don't. You're wearing like a beautiful hot pink blouse. So it's like. Pop. I wore it on the show today. So hopefully people I saw you this morning. I was like, let me just, yep, there she is. Okay. Like while it's fresh, tell me like, what time do you get up? I want like a day in the life. Cause I, I think I know, but we all need to know. So <laughs> give us, give us uh, the rundown. Well, I have several alarms to make sure I can actually wake up. But the first alarm goes off at three. Then there's like, you know, 305, 310. Like it just keeps going. <laughs> and then I turn on the TV to catch the news, make sure nothing happened before, while I was sleeping. So I have to go to bed early. And then I'm doing my hair and makeup. And then I head to the station. And we to have a pre-show meeting by uh, five. And so that's where we're going over everything of the day, you know, our plan for the show, how we're going to make it great. And then by that point, I've recorded some things for the show and then I head down to start at 6 a.m. And I'm on air from 6 to 10 a.m. Then after that, uh, we do a kind of post-show meeting where we talk about what went wrong, what went right, what we can do better, and then plan for the next day. And then after that, I get ready for my next show, the feed to get to do that. And that's a nighttime show that airs at 11.30, so I'm getting ready doing that. I just figured out my clothes for that because I try to switch it up since it's a night show versus a morning show. So I want to look different. Getting that together. And then after that, it's just making sure I'm staying on top of my phone, seeing if there's any stories that are developing that we might need to change something for the next day. And then it's time for sleep. <laughs> but like you did leave out a huge chunk because you are a social butterfly and I see you everywhere that there is something cool going on in the city. So we'll touch on that in a second. Okay. Forgot about that because I want to go back <laughs> to your, the, the, the show, the feed at night just started. So this is like what, half a year in six months. Didn't it just. Yeah. It started at the beginning of the year. So like happy six month anniversary. Thank you. It's been fun morning and night. Yeah. I mean, girl, I need to know what you do for energy, but what's the, I love the whole juxtaposition of you in the morning and then you at night with all these cool zebra print. One day you were like princess Jasmine. Like, are you having so much fun because you get to break out of the morning show shell almost? 
I am. It's like a different way to express yourself. Yeah. I love that in the mornings, the type of show that we do, I'm allowed to be myself. We're dancing, we're singing, you know, we're hanging out. Uh, but it's different to express yourself with what you're wearing. And in the mornings, even though we do crazy things, we don't really dress crazy. It's like still very, you know, uh, together and yeah. just conservative a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I like that at night, it's like, okay, how can I switch this out the box? How can I like be more me through my clothes or play a little? Sometimes it's like, I probably would never wear this on the street, but this is fun and it's a show. So let's try it out. Let's do it. And I love that part of it. And I, one thing I've learned though, not everyone agrees on fashion. So it's been quite entertaining to see some people say, oh my gosh, what are you wearing? Another saying, oh my gosh, what are you wearing? I love it. It always, there's always a variety of responses. It's fun to though see your evolution and it's probably just making you like more comfortable in your own skin to take that and put it on TV, get the reaction. To, to be more brave about being yourself. That's true. So I've learned yeah. that no matter what you do, no matter what you wear, no matter what you say, folks are always going to have something to say about it. So why not do you and live your best life and try new things? Because they're going to talk anyway. <laughs> it's great advice. Did you always have such a thick skin? No, 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 no. Um, and there's still things that get to me now. I, it's, I think, a continued art that you practice. And there's a continued like um, trick to it and it's a continued skill that you constantly work on. And certainly during the pandemic, I had to work on it more than ever. I thought I was pretty good, but then the pandemic hit and being a journalist and also someone who tries to bring joy to people when so much bad things are happening, it was really hard. And being the deliverer of that news, I didn't realize they have the phrase, you know, shoot the messenger, but like that can, that's real life yeah. you know, when it comes to the pandemic and things shutting down and wearing masks. And then, you know, um, talking about racial inequalities and the reckoning that we've had in this country to just all of that at once. And people hearing you tell them that every morning and talk about it every morning. It was interesting. Folks had very strong responses to it. And I'm like, Hey, I don't make the rules. I'm not the one saying you have to do this or that, or, Hey, yes, I'm telling you about this, but and I have people saying, accusing me of creating racism because I was talking about it so much. So it was really interesting to see once we get down to the nitty gritty and when the world changes so much in a way that no one has experienced, um, the people who are the ones who are trying to spread that information that's vital and important and it needs to be told, it's interesting to see how people react when they feel like they have nowhere else to, to take it out on, you know? And their perception probably comes from, you know, you're a staple in their lives. They hang out with you every morning, but these accusations, was this coming out in direct message on social media? Where was social media? And that's the beauty of it. I love social media. And I think it's a great way to connect with people. Um, but then it's a great way to connect with people. So if they have something negative to say, or if they really want to ruin your day, or they feel strongly, um, because it's not always kindly worded. Because no. a lot of folks probably don't mind constructive criticism or something like to help you improve. But when some of it, you know, it's just spiteful or just to really hurt you, um, they're connected. They have a way to directly tell you at any point in time. And that took some getting used to. And I think it's kind of changed how I viewed social media because of it. Uh, my different platforms, I treat differently. Mm -hmm. And with Instagram, if you notice, I used to post about everything, news stories, sometimes, you know, fun, sometimes my life whatever. But once that hit, I was like, I need an outlet. I need a way of space where I won't necessarily just be attacked and people won't be questioning the information that I'm spreading. It's just where I can be me and just not think about it. 
So you'll notice that I kind of get sillier <laughs> or I do more light and positive things. I feel like, what can I do where folks won't have a negative response or we can just all agree on one thing that's joyful or that has love. And that's where I kind of started to go. And I kind of like that space. I, and I, I have seen the change and it's interesting to see that you made that consciously. It wasn't, you know, like, oh, it just happened this way because your reels, a lot of like the stuff you do showing like the behind the scenes of the newsroom, the morning you'll show like the producer or someone. And it's funny, it's lighthearted. And it's interesting to know that like, you're totally doing that with intent. I, I am. I, I don't know if I initially started out. I think at first it was desperation because think about it. A lot of the advice that people give folks around this time and how difficult it was, was take a break from the news. And it's like, what happens when you are the news? You're doing the news. You can't take a break from it. No. And so I thought, look, I've done four hours, at least on TV. And then there's the back work and the meetings talking about this stuff. I've given people information. Do I have to give that up when it comes to my personal accounts and my social accounts too? So I started a Holly happy hour. And I, I think that's that. when it started to that's when it started to make a change because I was like, let's dedicate an hour to where we're just being happy and talking about happy thoughts and things. And I did Instagram lives and I brought people in and we played games. And I think that's when I started to say, you know what, this is people are responding to this. We're being nice to each other. We're being kind. There is love in this world still. Let's hold on to that. And if it brings people joy, that's really what I love. So I think that's when I started, even with my posts, um, started to do that too. How do you stay so positive from the front facing Alex Holly, it looks like you just wake up and you're smiling, which is amazing. <laughs> and like you exude happiness, like watching you on TV, seeing you on Instagram, like you're just a happy person. It's great, right? It, but how behind closed doors do you stay that way? Like you got stuff going on behind, like how does, is there anything you do? Do you manifest certain things? Do you wake up and say, okay, like I'm going to choose this today? Is it just you? <laughs> well, everyone has their moments, right? And I think that's the constant reminder that I'm now starting to see a lot of people do on Instagram is that, hey, this is a highlight reel or hey, so you have to be intentional with finding the joy or finding the fun moments or when you do see them, encounter them, capitalize on that or like make sure you hold on to it or share that. Right. And I think when I was little, it started out with my mother. Every day when I walked out of the house on my way to school, she would say, don't let anyone take your joy. That was her line to me. And I was told that every single day, every single day. And at first it's like, okay, mom. Yeah. But then it stuck with me. And it's like, how oftentimes you wake up and you're fine. And then something happens at work or somebody sends you something and you're like, take your joy. Yes. And then you just, your whole day's ruined. So if you remember, like, I can't let this take my joy, then it helps you to stay more focused on it and focus on holding on to it. And I try to do that. And then I love what I do. So we, with the show that we do, we try to make sure that there's some joy. If we, if we know it's nothing but negative news, we make it our duty and our responsibility to say, okay, let's do something positive. It's not just always all negative in the world. There are some positive things. Let's find that. Let's put that in. Well, Mama Holly, I love that. <laughs> hey, mom, shout out to you. <laughs> that is an awesome mantra. Now, like going back to little Alex, like, did you always want to do this? I always wanted to talk. <laughs> I used to get in trouble all the time in school. And I was told I had a, a distinctive voice. So in the classroom, and I had this voice even when I was like young. So everyone would be talking. And as soon as I opened my mouth, the teacher would be like, Alex, why are you talking? And I'd be like, what? Everybody else was talking. Why are you pointing me out? But they would always hear me. So um, it started with that. And I knew by high school, because I would do like the school news announcements in high school, that like, hey, I like this. I like telling stories. I like 
encountering people that I probably wouldn't have had I not had this responsibility or this job. I think I want to do this. This is cool. Now, my parents were like, oh, man, they wanted me to go into STEM. They sent me to space camp, space academy. Then I did aviation challenge. Like They had all these plans for me to be a pilot. Um, they were not. Yeah, they're like, you want to what? You want to talk for a living? That's it? <laughs> uh, they're like, okay, if this is what you want to do, then you have to be intentional with it. And you need to, um, you know, see what you can. Because starting out, it's not so fun. No. And that's why I chose to go to school where I went, the University of Missouri, because I talked with my high school teacher then, Miss Sims, and she was like, this is a great school for journalism. I think this would be good for you. And we just kind of got the wheels in motion. And this is so interesting. And I like, pinpointed that you went to a school for journalism because you probably get this all the time from high school juniors and seniors trying to figure out where to go. And I did not go to a school for journalism. I went to a regular public school that Westchester University was traditionally like a teacher's school. So okay. I went, you know, and I majored and minored specifically, but you going to a journalism school, do you think that gave you a jump start? I think the beauty in today and the way things are, especially in my field, there is no set path. There is no set way. Now, if you know what you want to do early on, you can go that route then. Sure, that's great. It's, it's beautiful. And what I love about the University of Missouri and why they're known is that they have what they call the Missouri method. So instead of being in a classroom, like taking journalism classes and learning and writing for the college newspaper, they have an NBC affiliated station and it broadcasts to all of them in Missouri. So your classroom is, hey, go do a reporting shift, go to the cornfields and talk about crops or go to, you know, the Capitol was 30 minutes away. You're going to do reporter stories and you're going to try and interview the governor and senators as a college student. Um, and everyone in Missouri is going to watch and have an opinion about it. So I think that, that was unique and I'm a very hands-on learner. And I felt like that would be more beneficial to me than being in a classroom. And, and it turned out it was really helpful. And if you want to do written journalism, like for the newspaper, they have a newspaper that goes to Missourian that goes out to um, Columbia, Missourian. So I liked that it was so hands-on. I felt like that was invaluable. So by the time I graduated, I had an NBC affiliated reel, resume reel that I could send off to show. Because the hard part about this business, when you want to be on TV, they want to see your presence on camera at the end of the day. They want to know, can you command a screen, how you can do that. But at the same token, we've also seen so many people who haven't, who've done just as well, who are doing national shows, who are amazing. So I think the key here is that if you do want to do something, go after it and don't let, oh, I didn't go the right way, or I didn't go this route or this thing. If you really want it, there are always ways. If you're savvy or if you figure out how can I still make this happen, um, there's still definitely ways. And it's that's such good advice. And look at how many people went for STEM and ended up on TV, especially with social media. Now, if you're good at commanding the screen, they will find you. There's a lot of people who don't even have journalism degrees. Now, for folks who did take the time to do that, we're like, oh man. Um, but there are a lot of people who, and they're still getting it done. Um, and the irony for me too, is when I was a kid, I didn't, I wasn't even allowed to watch TV during the week. I, we didn't have cable. I wasn't allowed to watch TV during the week. So a lot of the stuff that people reference like growing up, remember this? I'm like, I have no idea. I didn't get to see it. So sometimes I think it's funny and I kind of ironic that I'm in TV now. <laughs> well, maybe that made it also more special for you to do it. It was like, my dream was one day I want to grow up and have cable. Oh my God. <laughs> One day I'll know I've made it. <laughs> I love it. And that's why you have a zest for life. <laughs> now, what was your, so after college, you stayed in Missouri and worked, did you work at that local NBC affiliate? 
so instead of, because I, I think some people may think I did a, a little differently because a lot of folks are getting an internship, go there and folks are interning with E! News or, you know, or Fox or doing all this stuff. I didn't. I had one internship first starting out when I was still in the earlier years. And that was with the Tom Joyner Morning Show, um, which is a very popular syndicated morning show. Um, and I was so grateful for that. And I learned a lot and I got to do some cool interviews there. And then as I got um, older and became an upperclassman, I was like, I want more hands on. I need more time because being an intern is great and you get to see the inner workings and the politics, but I wanted to improve my craft. And so I, in the summers, instead of doing the big internship in New York or LA, I stayed in mid-Missouri and I did reporting shifts constantly. I was like, I want to make sure that I've got this down before I graduate. I need to know that I can do this. So I was doing those reporting shifts and that was my internship. And that's kind of how I wanted to make sure. So even after I graduated, I did have a job offer right at graduation, uh, but it was, I felt like it was too soon because I was like, wow, this is like the first job I interviewed for. And they were like really intense. They're like, you need to tell us by, you know, Friday. And I'm like, I'm graduating Friday. And they're like, no, we need to know before you walk across that stage, if you're going to come here. And I was like, well, let me wait. I need, That's let me so figure this heavy. out. Yeah, it is. This business is crazy. It's crazy. Uh, so after that, I was like, you know, I'm going to take my time and I want to see what's the right fit. And I want to just take the first thing I, when I, when it comes, I know it will come and it'll be right. And it wants to feel right and not rushed. Mm -hmm. So I did stay in Missouri for a little bit, like a couple months uh, to do more reporting shifts and still work on my reel. And, and that's when I decided, okay, I think I found something that's for me. And where was that South Carolina? That was South Carolina. Cause in this business, a lot of times, like I said, now the the whole game has changed where there's no set path. I really want to stress that. Um, And I'll explain that why, cause my move to Philly, that's why it's key. But um, in this business, you start out in a small podunk town that nobody's ever heard of, you know, doing the news, that kind of thing. So I said, okay, if I'm going to have to have this situation, there are a couple things that I want to make sure. I want it to be a town that someone's heard of. I want there to be something interesting in the town. So, and I want to be a place that my family would visit. That's all I ask. I don't want to be in Tuscaloosa where like no one's going to come see me, that kind of thing. And so I was like, Merle Bay, it's great. It's a beach town. People have heard of it. Even though everyone seems to think it's in Florida, you'd be surprised. (laughs) <laughs> and I think my family would visit because it'd be like a vacation. Yeah. And that's how I that's how I made the decision with Myrtle Beach personally. Also, there was someone there who said, look, I want to take you under my wing. I think you're great. And I want to mentor you, not just give you a job. And that meant a lot to me. Yeah, that's so important to have a good mentor, especially when you're starting out. So, okay, checked all the boxes off. And how long were you in South Carolina before your move to Philly? Three years. Three years. Okay. Did family come? Was it a good time? Oh, they came. They came all the time. It was a great time. You know, because there I was living on the beach. So I would just, I would go to the beach almost every day. I had a bike. I would ride my bike to the beach. On Sundays, we had beach parties. Like it was, it was a lot of fun. Girl, you did it right. If I told you, all right, don't laugh at me. My, when I was thinking that I wanted to go on hard news, my first job was in upstate New York in Binghamton for Fox 40. Ah, uh, what was that like? Cold. Ooh. <laughs> I don't remember meeting anyone outside the newsroom. Um, I only stayed there four days a week and then I'd run back to Philly and work in a bar because I was making like $18,000. That's the part people don't talk about. Starting out, you make nothing. I can't believe, I feel you though with not meeting people. I was so starved to meet folks because I mean, my parents can't come all the time and they bought me a Wii. I remember they did that. You're so lonely. Here's a Wii, like play something. So I would like be in the house playing tennis. (laughs) And then, and then I found, I was like, that's it. I went to a festival 
And I walked up to someone and said, hi, my name's Alex. I just moved here and I have no friends. That's literally what I did. And then they became my friend. And actually we remained friends for, I was a group of guys. I feel like guys sometimes are easier. Um, and they became like my big brothers and they looked out for me and that kind of thing. But that's literally what I had to do because it was with, you know, news schedules are always very hard. Yeah. You can't always be out and about. So that's how I had to do it. I, sh- I wish I did that. I probably wouldn't have been so sad. <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of risky though. Cause they were, they teased me about it for the rest of the time that I was there. Hi, I'm Alex, <laughs> but I did what I had to do. So three years in South Carolina, parties at the beach, group of friends, <laughs> good time, honing mm-hmm. your craft. And then how did you get the job you have now with Fox 29? Well, also one other thing too, though, I felt like I wanted to improve on, there are certain things that I felt like I still do better at. So the job that I took was basically doing the thing that I was most scared of. Which and I mean? think um, live, live reporting, it, it used to scare me. Um, and so I'm taking a job where I have to do live reporting every single day. It's guaranteed every single day I have to go live. And I felt like if I forced myself to do it, I would get better at it. So that I, I'm very glad that I did that, choosing to do something that scared me because now I'm not scared of it anymore. And that's what I needed that push, you know? Cause I was a live reporter on the street. Here's a car crash or here's the fire. I'm reporting live in the wind and a hurricane's coming. Oh, yes, I'm still here. You know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> so, okay, wow. Yeah, that is terrifying to do. Like going up onto a scene, knowing you have to be on TV in maybe 30 seconds and not knowing what you're gonna say yet because you literally just got there, like that rush. Uh, it became a rush. At first, it was terrifying, but you've learned, you know, how to pivot and what information and context tools you can get to go and say what you need to say, and to just go, just go. Yeah, so and three three years of that, I feel like will get you ready for anything. <laughs> yeah. So with Philly, and the reason why Philly is interesting and why it's really set your own path is, and you know, in this business, every media market or every city is numbered based on how many available TVs and how many people can watch. And it goes up to like what, 140, 160 something. And then the top is New York and LA and that's one and two. So the goal is right to start at whatever Wait, you start wait, Just at. for everyone that doesn't know, Philly's four still? Fourth yes, market? Philly's four. Mm-hmm. So you, the goal is wherever you start out first, just keep climbing. Every you know couple of years or every time you're done with the job, you can go to opportunity to go to the next, just go until it's see how high you can go or wherever you feel comfortable stopping. So starting in at Myrtle Beach, that was 104. Um, Columbia, Missouri is probably like 120 or 130, somewhere around there. So then I went to Myrtle Beach, that's 104. And so I'm like, all right, well, I need to be looking at jobs that are like, maybe if I'm being ambitious, 60 or 80, you know? And then like after that, then I'll go, you know, maybe 30 and then like 15 and then just keep going. And then maybe in like 15 years, I'll be at top five, a top five market. So when the opportunity came for Philly and Philly was calling, I was like, wait, 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 I'm in 104. They know that, right? Like, that's not how this works. Maybe in 10, 15 years, I'll see you, but not now. Like, that's, that's crazy. Um, and so that's why I say, you never know where life will take you. And they were like, no, we do. We think you'd be great for this. And because you can, you know, have your own personality and that kind of thing. So I was like, all right, I was terrified. Cause I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the number four largest market in the country. And I'm like in 104, I'm jumping 100 markets. That's wild. But I was like, you know what? If God brought me to this, either way, it's gonna be a lesson. If I fail, it'll be a lesson. If I succeed, well, that'll be a good lesson too. Cause I'm sure there's still gonna be a lot of growing pains and things to learn. So I took the jump. 
And I was like, all right, I guess I'm going to Philly. <laughs> oh, now, okay. Just th- did they find you like seeing what you had done or did you apply for this? And then how? <laughs> You're like, what? Well, it was a mixture. I do have an agent. Um, okay. And so someone I think who vacations in Myrtle Beach saw me and then that's how I got connected with the agent. So like, hey, I think you might like this girl. She might have something going. And then from that, um, but of course they see your resume reel. So they see what you've what you got going on. It's not like a blind meeting. And they were interested and they wanted to fly me up for an interview. So. Well, that just goes to, I asked you that because it goes to show that no matter where you are, if you put the work in, you can get to where you want to be. So you were already doing what you said scared the shit out of you basically. <laughs> And you had done it for three years after doing, you know, everything else in Missouri. So that's, that's really cool. A hundred markets. That's insane. <laughs> Everyone was like, what? When they, when I went in to tell like my old job, they were like, you're going where to do what, to be an anchor. What? You don't even anchor here. <laughs> um, I mean, I did uh, weekends and I was a fill-in, but I wasn't like consistent. Right. Um, so, <laughs> oh my. but I'm so glad I did it. I'm so glad. Cause they say you have, sometimes you have to take great risks, right? And it's not always going to work out. But like I said, I was focused on the fact there's going to be a lesson in this. And if I hadn't taken it, I would have always been wondering like, oh, yeah. what, that, what would that have been like? You know, just because I don't want to be a punk. <laughs> no, it's better. I mean, it's better to try and fail than not try at all. It's like, yeah. what's that, what's that going to do? So coming here, I mean, Philly is Philly is Philly. So like you are now the face of a huge show in the morning and everybody needs to love you or so you want, like what was your tactic coming in to this huge chair that you're filling, this huge role? Like, how did you mentally take that on? What, like, that's a I lot. I was terrified, a lot of pressure. honestly, terrified. And Philly is a tough town, ooh, they're tough. And um, I know Philly doesn't really like change. <laughs> or new people, um, like. Yeah, <laughs> so I was just like, I just, I have to be myself. That was like, I just have to be me and see what happens. But also I made sure, and that's kind of how the franchise that I do, Alex Around Town came about. I was like, okay, it's one thing because they let me have it. <laughs> so, but I was like, you know what? I know I'm just the girl on TV, but if you maybe if you see me and you meet me, it will be harder to dislike me and maybe you could at least give me a chance. All I was asking for was a chance. So I was like, you know what? I'm hitting the pavement. Any event that was in town, I was there. It's where, okay, I'm going. How, okay, we're gonna be there. And you need to do what? Anything, I'll do it. I was saying yes to everything, going everywhere, anything I found out because I wanted to be face-to-face with folks and say, hi, I'm Alex, I just moved here. So, and I felt like- the same thing you did in- <laughs> Kind of, like be my friend, please. Um, but, you know, it is harder. If you get to meet someone, encounter them and like feel their aura, I do feel like, it's easier as opposed to like some girl up on a you know a TV screen with lights on her face. So that's what I did. And I, in turn, also started to really love the city because I got to know it more because I was going out so much and meeting people from the different areas and neighborhoods. And I think that just when things started to turn and folks were like, okay, all right, she's okay, she's over here, all right, she's over there, okay. And then it, that's how Alex Around Town came about because uh, the producers and stuff, they're like, you're everywhere, you're always like around town. And then some people would tell me they would even learn new things about the city that even though they live here because I was doing so much and going to everything. And now, what, nearly seven years later, it's still something that I do, Alex around town. And it's still something I enjoy being out in the community. Uh, it's a great time. How many years did you go without sleep? Like just trying to 
get acclimated with this new city? It was a long time. I was sick a lot. My parents were worried because they were like, you can't keep doing this. I'm like, I have to, I have to, I have to like, we, we have to get this going. Um, so yeah, I was sick a lot. Um, I didn't like to, I never took off. Um, it was tough. It was really tough, uh, but I was determined and I knew I liked it here. I knew my family liked it here. Uh, and I liked what I do. So I loved the job. So you just kind of make it happen. Yeah. And I like being, I mean, it's events, it's, it's meeting people. It's not horrible. So I enjoyed it. <laughs> what, what are your favorite places in Philly? Give me like favorite restaurant. Okay. Oh, even that's hard. I will right. say I, I love Philly in the best when it's warm out because okay. growing up in Texas, it's so hot. Like we're in a heat wave now and everyone's like, oh my gosh, let's all panic. But like, it's always a heat wave in Texas. So you rarely spend time outside. So I remember when I came here, it was like in August and I was driving around looking at the city for like the first time. I was like, everyone's outside. <laughs> People are outside of the park. They're eating outside. Like, this is crazy. Like, look, they're just outside in the summer. Um, and then I got here and once you survive a winter, I understood you want to go outside. You've been cooped up in the house. You're so excited to be out and doing things. So that was cool. So I love that, like the festivals and being outside and enjoying it. Uh, I love the live music. There's always live music opportunities, whether it's a roots picnic or live concerts at the Dell or even at the man, like there's so many opportunities. Like I remember one year, Stevie Wonder was announcing a tour. So we had a pop-up concert at city hall and I got to be front row. It was just like, there's just so many random things. And I, literally I woke up that day, not knowing that I'd be like looking Stevie Wonder in the eyes, but that's Philly, you know, that's Philly. It's so great. And I just realized like you probably, you never had a winter before coming here. You never experienced. Well, in Missouri a little bit, but this okay. is a different kind of winter, I feel like. But in Missouri, yes. But I told myself, I was like, I'm not living in a cold place ever again. I did say that. But they say never say never. Cause I, I was like, I I'm only looking at warm places. Don't even talk to me about someplace cold. And they were like, how about that? Until it's number four and you're like. <laughs> right. <laughs> Until it's number four and a place. I didn't want to be a robot. I, I felt like doing the car crashes and the fires and the shooting, like that was, it's important information. And I understand why there needs to be people to tell it, but I like that there's balance. And I like that the rare thing about the show that I do is that we are able to still sing and dance and have fun and make jokes and talk about your embar most embarrassing moment or your first date. Like that was important to me to be able to have some laughter and to really make people smile as they start their day. Like that's how you start your day is so important. So. It was more than just that. And it's rare that you have a job where you can just do those kinds of things all in one. And it sounds like, I mean, the work environment there, was, when I knew it 10 years ago was great, but it's That's right, like you are, you know, all our business. You were up <laughs> It's been a long, been long time, but I do remember how excited they would get when they saw something working, they were like, run with it. So like Alex around town, they saw something there that made sense. And then they were like, all right, let's go with it. A lot of us off the cuff too, you know, like we'll see something happening and we'll be like, hey, like I remember one broadcast and like I said, only this show, I feel like we were showing a, like a shot of Atlantic City, you know, the sunrise. Oh, good morning. It's Atlantic City. It's six and there were two here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And there were two people. It was like six o'clock in the morning laying out on the beach, like knocked out and they were in like nightclub clothes and we were like, what kind oh, of shit. night have they had? And we spent all this time staring at these folks laying on the beach. Like, well, now we have to keep checking. We got to be there when they wake up. We probably spent a, a big chunk of the show. Let's check out our friends in Atlantic City. <laughs> and, and sure enough, we had a reporter there and Steve Keeley. And he went and he interviewed them. So what's your story? Like, what did you do last night? Like, it's the littlest thing. And we didn't, 
when we started the show, we didn't know we'd be doing that. But it's those little things that people love that you're like, and sure enough, throughout the day, people are treating me. I had to leave for work. What happened with the couple? Like, were they together? What was it? Did they just meet? It's just the fun stuff that, you know, the random things you get to do that just start your day off right or in a random way. <laughs> and you get everybody so invested when you like that. So do you even remember what happened with those people? Because now I know I want to know too. I think they said they came from New York and they did go partying and they figured like they wanted to stay, but the rest of their friends left or something and they didn't want the night to end. So they went out, but it was kind of funny because like we asked if they were dating and the guy had a different response than the girl did. So we we're like, Oh, they got to figure that out. Um, <laughs> You're like, we'll be checking in later. Yeah. We'll see. Let's see what happens with this. <laughs> oh my God. That's so it's funny. A city. Come on. You but never it's fun. It keeps your job interesting because you're constantly pivoting. Right. Because one time I had, before I came, they have a cardboard cutout, I guess, because they were trying to build up to me coming. So Mike would like play with it or, just, you know, have fun talking to it, that kind of thing. And so one day, you remember PopeBot when they were bringing out the little robot around the area or around the world, I think. And then it came to Philly and then Philly smashed the smithereens and it was like done. So Mike was like, well, what do we do if we put Alex's cardboard cutout out there? Like, let's go and let's do that. So we set it up on the sidewalk and we just set a camera there and we just watched to see how people, if they yeah. interacted with it, what they did with it. And that was how we spent the morning. Let's check back in on cardboard Alex. <laughs> this is before you got there. No, I was there then. You I just there. started, but I was there then. Uh, and so people are doing all kinds of things. Uh, How nervous for you. You're like, oh my God, please be nice. Please don't draw a mustache on my face. <laughs> right? No one drew a mustache on my face, but they did... Um, I don't know how frank we could be on this. They made inappropriate movements, sexual movements. Yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised. <laughs> and like, we caught that on camera. We were like, yeah, cut out, cut out, cut out. <laughs> and it's <laughs> oh, That is too funny. What is working with Mike like every morning? You know, it's an adventure. I love it so much. Never a dull moment. We have a great time. Lots and lots of laughs. Lots of laughs. He is so amazing and talented and good at what he does yeah. and you can just learn so much from him and he's just such a fun and good person and everyone always asks me is he the same as he is on tv as he is outside of it like is he the same guy yes he is yeah yes and, and it just imagine if he didn't have to be edited because you know on tv even though it is the mornings i mean even though we are kind of wild you still have to you know edit a Sounds little bit so imagine him unedited yeah it's a blast <laughs> It's, it's a blast. It's, you know, we, we, we all spent a night together in a prison. Remember that? I know that's where I met you in a prison. That was, I think the <laughs> what first, a great night, first story. Yeah. We did a photo shoot. You helped me get mine. I helped you get yours. Yes, And that's how you bond nowadays. We hit them angle, <laughs> the right angles and captions. We were trying to figure out captions. Yeah. I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, I yeah. think I said something like can't talk now. There's no cell service or I don't have cell service or something. We had a lot of fun with the fact that we were in a prison. That's yes, so funny. Eastern State Penitentiary. It was, it was good. <laughs> fun times, I know, but your job like sends you everywhere. Do you, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how you do it. Like with the, the night hours and then getting up early, God bless. Because I remember that was a nighttime event. It was like 9 p.m. I'm like, shouldn't you guys be asleep? I take naps. I love yeah. taking naps. <laughs> I cannot survive without a nap. So How what are you doing that as soon as we end this? I was just about to say, like, what are you doing right now when I let you go? Like, are you about to take a nap? I'm going to eat. Yes. I'm going to eat some leftovers <laughs> and then I'm going to take a nap. And then that way, at least I can wake up and have a little bit of the evening or night. Because um, if I don't take a nap, then I try to go to bed earlier. Uh, but I'd like to take naps. So at least I can live a little. Yeah, you need a social life in between all this other stuff. <laughs> now that we can have one, now that the world's open back up. Thank God for that.
Yes. All right. Well, I'm going to let you go eat and take a nap. You like (laughs) gave us so much good energy, advice, just juju. Like I know all the, all the aspiring yous out there are going to be really excited. So I appreciate all the, the realness that you drop because now, now Benji, my dog wants to chime in. Hey Benji. Well, we're loving you. I feel like you are like the person to help you get your life together. You're always looking good with the clothes, with putting on the fabulous events. Like you are just, honey, I want your life. Can we swap? You're sweet. I don't know if I could do you, but we'll, we could try. I don't know if I could do it, but um, it'd be fun for a few minutes. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Look at her pumping me up. I hope this pumped you guys up. You know, it takes a very special human to be able to come to Philly and make the city fall in love with you, but she's real. She's so authentic. And that is why we love her. Also, stealing Mama Holly's mantra for life. We should never let anyone take our joy. Carry that one with you guys. I think uh, it will definitely come in handy. The next episode on EBH is conversations from breakup day. If you don't know what that is, in my last episode, I went over it and then interviewed Travis Konechny. But on exit interview day, aka breakup day, I talked to a large portion of the roster and found out who's doing what this off season. There's a lot of golf courses, Florida trips, flyers, babies being born, et cetera, et cetera. So if you're not already, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss the upcoming episode. And if you enjoyed this one, leave us a review, give us a rating. I love reading those. And until the next one, stay safe and healthy. Bye guys. Bye.